Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey. Hey. Welcome. Episode 22. Yep, 22. Deuce, Matt and deuce. Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Dory Shafrir. Here we are, guys. Another See, week, another nothing. You said you said your full name. Yeah. You know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I know, but you you were so surprised when I said my full name last week. I was like, confused. what? We never say I was say like, do we names. do that or not? And then, you know, I just came from another podcast. Typical weekend day for me. I like to give free entertainment to the people so that they can have it. <laughs> Boy, saying it out loud really makes me question what I've chosen to do with life. Good job, honey. <sighs> Guys, you know what's helpful? What? Leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. Yeah. Helps us a lot. It does help us a lot. Thank you to everyone who's done that. You know what else is good? What? Our Facebook group. Uh-huh. 
Dory's looking at me very confused as to why I'm going through the why bullet are, points. Yeah, why, well, why are you doing this first? We haven't even give every, given everyone an update on, on, on I know. What's They're going to have to stay tuned through this part. This is not a commercial. This is housekeeping. Yes, I, I know. Do I we, just want to mention. Do we always do housekeeping at the top of the hour? We've never done it. I know. But there's something I really want, and that's yeah. I want your book to sell well. I so do, too. So I'm here... Not just as your husband and as your uh, biggest supporter, uh, as the co-parent to Bo. Mm-hmm. I'm here as someone who would love it Yes, if you sold enough books yes. that I didn't have to hear about it again. I love you. Hi, honey. You're dead to me. <laughs> I haven't had to kick you off this podcast in a few weeks, but um, doing it now. So here's the deal. It, it says here that you're willing to give away a bonus episode. Yes, I am. What you're telling me is that we're going to record another episode. We're going to record a bonus episode. If you get to 1,000 pre-orders. Correct. Bef- so, so before the book comes out. Well, obviously, that's pre. Yes, that is pre. We're telling you now, guys, because you have more than one month. You yep. have just about a month by the time this comes out to pre-order Dory's book, yep. which is called Startup a Novel. By Dory Shafrir. There you go. You can pre-order it on Amazon. You could go to an independent bookstore and pre-order it. You can go to Barnes & Noble. You can go to IndieBound.org. I believe dot com dot org not real confident but um and you can order it from your local independent bookstore you can go to powells dot com and, and order it from there you can walk into a bookstore and say I would like to pre-order a book and they will order it for you you can physically do that now yep that's amazing yep uh yeah I've ordered books before from Barnes and Noble back yeah. in the day and then you get you get an email when and you get to walk available. up you get to used to get a phone call in my time mm. um. So, yeah, what Dory's telling me is that if she gets to 1,000 pre-orders, which is a very attainable goal, yep. because we have Almost a lot... Almost 500. And we have a lot more listeners than 1,000. Correct. So all of you deadbeat listeners... If some of you feel like, oh my JK, God, I'm slacking... None of you are deadbeats. Well, some people. <laughs> um, uh, if some of you are like, boy... This is the 22nd episode of this free podcast where I get to hear how marriage uh, should work. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we're just, it's, it's something we'd really be happy with if yeah. it happened. So, and we'll do a bonus episode if what we saying get to 1,000 pre-orders. If we get to 1,000 pre-orders, you're going to see a week, probably when our book comes out. Well, it's probably a busy week. By the end of May, you'll get a week. Well, let me tell you, let me let me throw this out there. Oh, here she goes. If we get to 1,000 pre-orders in like two weeks, then we'll do the bonus episode right then. You're blowing my mind. So, you know, it's up to you guys, you listeners, if... You get this bonus episode sooner rather than later. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. Dory you know? said, why don't we give them a bonus episode if they do it? And then I said, people don't care if we get a bonus episode out. So prove me wrong. Yeah, prove Matt wrong. I love to prove Matt wrong because he thinks he's always right. It's a very rare thing. 
Yeah, and then when he's right about something, he's like, I'm always right. Mm. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. Prove him wrong. Speaking of 1,000 things. Yes. We got a call from our doctor today. Uh-huh. I don't know how that relates to 1,000 things. No, it doesn't at we all. certainly did not have 1,000 embryos. No. So if you all remember, um, last week we found out that we had five embryos that had made it to blastocysts that were being genetically tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a phone call this morning from Dr. Beck, which, as longtime listeners of this podcast know... <laughs> was one of the things that really got my goat about our previous doctor that he never called. He never picked up the fucking phone and Not called. even sure he had a phone in his office. Who knows? <laughs> Seriously, who knows? And I you know, we would get these like very overly technical emails from the embryologists um at CFP telling us you know, about the genetic testing and going through all the like abnormalities and blah, 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 blah. And like, no, not a peep from the doctor. That just, that really rubbed me the wrong way. So the fact that she called this morning, she called before we even got up. She called it like. Which is kind of hard to do because we have a dog who likes to get up. Yeah. We have a couple of uh, human bodies that don't love to let us sleep very much. Yeah, I'd been waking up early lately, um, but she called before we got up, and she was like, hey, just wanted to call before my day got going. Give me a call. And then she called me right back, and she told me that we got one normal embryo. You hear that, kids? One normal embryo. All the other ones. Air quotes. All the all the other ones had chromosomal abnormalities that she said, like, I would have, I probably would have gotten pregnant and had a miscarriage. Or those abnormalities made them the next step in human evolution. And we could have had mutant babies. We could have had the X-Men. They were missing chromosomes. You don't know what makes Cyclops Cyclops. That's true. Or what makes Jean Grey Jean Grey. I mean, it's usually like a chemical bath. Or some sort. No, not in X-Men, honey. Those are all mutants. Okay. They are the next step in human evolution. Okay, so should I call her back and be like, wait. Don't. Take those out of the trash. Yeah. We need them. We need them, just in case. You know what's interesting, though? It's like, if we hadn't done this genetic testing, yeah, we would be like, right now, we'd be like, we have 12 embryos ready to go. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting point. Oh, Isn't God. that weird? Like, think how many tr- like embryo transfers we would have done that wouldn't have taken probably it's kind of wild it's daunting it is daunting i can't imagine yeah so and you had a lengthy call with her i i witnessed most of it i did even though you refused to put her on speakerphone i didn't refuse i you could have said honey put her on speakerphone and i would have put her on speakerphone listen i was dealing with Bo, trying to get him to the park Okay. Before the big showdown at Silver Lake Dog Park. I know. It was a real crazy morning. Ugh. Guys, if you're bringing your pit bull to the Silver Lake Dog Park, I have no problem with pit bulls. Bo's, and I used to have a pit bull. Bo's got some pit bull. Bo's 25% pit bull. Or so they say. I ask that you please don't just stay at the top of the park smoking your cigarette. Yapping on the phone. Or chit-chatting with the loud lady who works at providence and the other loud lady who may not work at all 
She does seem to have lost some weight, though. She looks great. They're lovely people. Are they? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I just know their dog park behavior. Yeah. Um, but those two, the two ladies, I don't mind them because their dogs hang around them. That's true. Yeah. The other guy, the dog wanders away and he's yeah. not paying attention. So, you know, if you're going to do that, just fucking... I always... I don't even... I rarely will sit at the dog park. Yeah. If I do, I sit up in the... Well, Bo's a scaredy cat anyway. He doesn't like to go too far. But I'm always walking around with Bo. Anyway, long story short, there was a big kerfuffle. <laughs> big kerfuffle at the dog park today. Couple of couple of dogs got into it. The pit bull being the main culprit... I mean, he got the most bloody from the fight, but the other dog's owner was right next to the dog when this was happening. And that guy, I saw him try to stop his dog and got taken to the ground by his dog. That is crazy. What kind of dog was was that dog? Similar size to the pit bull, Mm -hmm. brown, but not a pit bull nose. I don't know what kind of dog. I never got up to that dog. I never... Bo never wandered that way. Mm. There were some labs up in the corner Bo was hanging out with a little mm. bit. And, um, so then, you know, three other guys had to run down to help this guy try to get his dog off of this pit bull. And, you know, I heard some yelping. Um, it was just a mess. And they, couldn't, they couldn't separate the dogs. Ugh. And then just a huge and thing. Then, and then one guy's yelling, get your hands off my dog. And I was oh, like, God. what is going on? Meanwhile, while that was happening, Bo was a foot away from me, sniffing grass. Oh, Bo. Bo didn't care. He's such a good boy. Bo was just like, that smells like poop. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then it was, it was crazy because like after that fight, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, and took their dogs out of the dog park. Mm. And I was like, Bo, sorry, buddy. Everyone's leaving. And Bo and I just sort of tried to make friends with other dogs, but... Well, they probably felt like the energy was weird. Well, it was. Did Tracksuit leave? No. Tracksuit left with the dog. Oh, he did The dog leave. probably needed stitches. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. The other dog really gripped on there. Ooh. But you said he was the instigator. I, I, I think that that dog, that the pit bull was a little pit bully with the other dog. Mm. And they got into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that the aggressive manner in which the owners tried to separate them made it worse. Oh, dear. Yeah. But (sighs) that's my advice. If you're going to Silver Lake Dog Park. If you're going to Silver Lake Dog Park, say hi to Matt and Bo. Say hi to me. I run into people there sometimes. Yeah, you do. Um, Yeah. So we have one embryo. What's the gender of the embryo, honey? We don't know. Okay. We didn't ask. I felt, I don't know. I like, I kind of felt weird asking, but then I, I get it. You don't want to assign gender. I left another message for her and she didn't call me back. And then I emailed the nurse, but I think it was too late. Mm. So I tried. That's all right. I tried after the fact. I mean, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. If it's a girl, great. If it's a boy, what do we do? I don't know. You know how much I wanted to have a girl. I do. <sighs> I don't know. Men are terrible. But we could make I ain't a good time for We them. could make a good man. Can we though? Yeah, I think. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what we will do if if we 
don't get a girl. I like. I sort of feel like. If you're a listener, tell us. What should we do? <laughs> oh God. <sighs> I mean, but you know, look, we have a good cliffhanger for next week. Wait, how is it? A cl- oh, just what the gender yeah. is. Do they care? Do our listeners care? Yeah, I think they do. All right. I don't know. I'm just. I just. Care. I care because it's me. You know. Well, yeah. It's our. It's our potential unborn child. Yeah. Guys. Yes. We are. We're. We're hearing you loud and clear on the email. So. <laughs> this week, when we announce our donors' names, I sat down and wrote a line for everybody. Pre donor section so it's not gonna take as long so young lady who wrote in you don't have to turn it off you could you could you could still turn it off when we get to that part but you don't have to it's gonna be speedier this week much we promise i don't have to think of anything it's yeah all, it's gonna be like do 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 it's all there yeah all right that's all my right, business but that's but that comes later any more business um no i think we're i think we're good with business we'll be in france next week Yep, visiting Mosier. Yep. I mean, we'll try to... We'll have a podcast. We're not going to miss any weeks of podcasts. If we have to do t- record two this week, we will. There's part of me that's thinking about bringing the equipment to France, which is a pain in the ass. But but you know what else? These are the kinds of things I do for people who pre-order my wife, Dory's book, <laughs> Start Up a Novel... If there's 500 more people out there, I know. Think, Wait, did you see the second part of my thing? Did you just not want to read it? Oh, if it makes the bestseller list, Dory says, we'll give you something else. <laughs> She's not laughing because I'm not reading it. She just literally wrote the words. Something else, if it makes the bestseller list. Yeah, there will be another another prize. I was thinking like we could do we could do a free live show, but then I was like, the logistics of that would be too complicated, and it would be incredibly expensive. Yeah, so I don't think we can do that. Well, I mean, we could do it at the Nerdist Theater at Meltdown, Nerd Melt. They'd let us do that for free. I can, I can, I still have some pull over there. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's still a painting of me hanging up somewhere. I mean, that could be a good that could be a good reward. I don't know. I don't know how many people live in the L.A. area. That's true. Other than our new friends from Venice. Um, shall we jump into the emails? Yes, dear. Okie dokie. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, 
not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. I don't have my glasses on, so hang on a minute. Well, you don't have to read all the emails. Dory and Matt. Them. Oh, okay. This is from Rebecca. I don't know if you're familiar with Rebecca, but well, she's writing into us right now. I selected all the emails. So well, then yeah. I assume you're familiar. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Today was the first time I had to pause it to write you because you said you wanted an upright base. Oh, this is the first email you sent. <laughs> yep. Don't do it. Well, because it says, refers to last week's with an episode. exclamation. My husband is a basis, and we. And when we first moved in together, I became acutely aware of the challenges an upright base brings to your home. First of all, an upright base is very large. If space is at a premium in your house, it will eat up space. I'm looking around and thinking, ooh. There's nowhere to put an upright base. Right there. Yeah. That's about it. Everywhere we would put a Christmas tree, we could (laughs) put an upright base. Uh... Yeah, they are also fragile, and Bo would probably run into it. Also, Mm. movers often won't move them. And in our first one-bedroom apartment, we had the base in the living room. And when people slept on the couch and they woke up in the middle of the night uh, thinking someone was watching them. (laughs) Lastly, a friend of mine, uh, a friend who didn't know my husband played, thought we were posers who kept it as an art piece. (laughs) Boy, there are... A lot of pitfalls <laughs> of upright bass hoeing. I, I had no idea. Don't make the same mistake I made. Keep a bass-free home. <laughs> in all seriousness, thanks for the podcast. I'm just at the phase in my life where I'm starting to know a number of people struggling with infertility 
and it's so helpful for me to understand the actual experiences they've had. Best wishes in your journey, Reb. I just thought that was a good one to kick things off. Rebecca, great email. If I was grading emails, I'd give you four out of five Rebecca's. I just like keep a base. No one gets five Rebecca's. (laughs) Uh, From Daniela. This was the one that remember you were going to read it last week and you're like, Oh, this is long. We're going to, we're going to start with this one next week. Oh, and we didn't. Rebecca, Do you think Daniela was like, Oh my God, why did they start? Well, now she's probably like, Oh, they're going to read my email. Daniela, buckle up. I'm going to read the Odyssey. Here we go. Again, this is from Daniela. Correct. I wanted to add my thoughts to the discussion last week about the impact infertility can have on friendships. Listening to what Dory said really touched me. It is so good to have someone else say what you feel guilty for feeling, which is that going through IVF requires a degree of selfishness, and that's okay. I completely agree uh, that particularly us women are raised to put others' needs first and to feel ashamed for doing something that could offend others or, God forbid, make us seem like a bitch. Yep. My experience with infertility has been that guilt is a prevalent emotion. Guilt for not being able to give your partner a baby. Guilt for not living up to your family's expectations. Guilt for feeling frustrated, sad, and furious about all the things, uh, about all of this. And guilt for how it makes you respond to things that never bothered you before. There have been many times I've been so upset because I feel like I'm turning into a monster who hates pregnant people and babies. And it's exhausting. It takes me a long time to get close to a place where I can uh, let that go most of the time. Now, I try to acknowledge whatever I'm feeling, understand where it's coming from, and ride it out. I think that's healthy. Excellent advice from Daniela. There are definitely casual friends I've distanced myself from because they've got pregnant and I can't deal with hearing about it all the time. But they tend to be people who I wasn't close with anyways, so I don't feel bad about that. All right, no skin off your dick. I get it. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, One of my best friends is currently pregnant and has been there for me throughout the years trying for a baby, throughout the years of trying for a baby spontaneously and now through IVF. She was incredibly thoughtful about how she announced her pregnancy and sent me a text explaining that while she, she understood, I would probably have some mixed emotions and she wanted to give me time to digest rather than surprising me with it whilst in a group she asked me what i would feel comfortable with talking about as she didn't want to force endless pregnancy chat on me but also didn't want to avoid it without checking and when my latest round of ivf failed she understood that i probably wouldn't want to see her right at that moment so she let me know she was there if i needed and not offended if i needed space that seems like a quality friend very good friend you hang on to that one daniela uh, there are days when the last thing I want to, uh, is to see anyone who has the thing I've so desperately wanted for the nearly four years, but I know that, did you hear that? What? What was that? I don't know. Bird? It was a weird bird. Anyway, Daniela, I'm sorry. I will continue. Uh, but I know that when this is passed and I have my rainbow baby, I'll want my best friend to be in our lives. So I try to keep picturing that and do whatever I can to avoid causing any lasting damage to our relationship. 
But I also need to survive right now. So as my friend, I expect her to understand that there are just some things I cannot do right now as long as I'm honest with her and not cruel. I think we can make that work. My advice to friends of people going through this is just ask your friend, what do you need me to do? This is the only question that matters. If you love your friend, expect nothing from them because they're going through something so impossibly painful that you cannot imagine their grief unless you've been through it. So be kind, understand they might not do things you've never known them to do before, and don't judge. They might do things, sorry. If they need space, let them have it, but let them know you're there. Make it easy for them to come back to you when they're ready. And if you can't handle that, then maybe there isn't a friendship that's strong enough to get through this kind of big life test. And that's okay, too. And my advice for those of us fighting the good fight is to be kind to yourself. You'll have awful days where you want to scream and throw things at the nearest pregnant woman. I'll pass. Uh, It'll pass. Not I'll pass. (laughs) Sorry. I thought Uh, you were editorializing. I was. Uh... But don't force yourself to do something that's making your pain worse and try to be honest and kind to those you love and want to have in your life after the storm passes. Figure out what you need and ask for it politely but firmly. Well, this has gone on much longer than I intended to, so I'll sign off. Thank you again, Matt and Dory, for the amazing thing you're doing. It's not easy to speak up openly about infertility And you're helping take the stigma away and offer comfort to those of us who don't feel able to speak freely about what we're going through. Wishing you all the best. uh, Wishing you all the luck in the world. You're going to be amazing parents. TBD. Much love, Daniela. P.S. Forget Canada. Come to a live show in England. My couch is always available. (laughs) Winky face emoji. Thank you, Daniela. I figured she was British because she said whilst. I said whilst. Well, whatever, whilst, whilst. That didn't seem weird to me. It's something I would use in writing. Really? Yeah. It's only a thing British people say. I disagree. Uh, I'm an Anglophile, so maybe you're right. I don't know. Ian Um, Fleming would use it. Yeah, he's British. Did you just give Bo a piece of the pig in the blanket? I got to tell you, what's funny about it is he has not moved. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because it's overcooked. And he's like, I don't want that. Uh, Daniela, really, no, really a well that was a thought great email. out email. And with lots of great advice, I think, for, and, for and both sides. Excellent grammar. It's almost like your people invented this language. What? Um, as she was talk, as you were talking, yeah. though, reading her email, I, I feel like we didn't fully discuss the phone call with Dr. Beck. Okay. I would like to return to it. Guys. Buckle up. We're hitting the brakes on emails and we're returning to the phone call. Yeah. With Dr. Beck. So, I mean, I was thrilled that we got a normal embryo. Yes. What were you just looking at? Just at the time. Oh. Um, but, you know, of course I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be the special round because we like switched doctors and we got five blastocysts and that's better than we've ever done before. And I was like, maybe we'll get two. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't. We got one. I was talking about it last night and I was saying, well, maybe if we get three. And I was like, but then what if they're all boys? I don't know what I'm going to do. 
This is a conversation I was having last night. At work? Yes. On set. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, there's a lot of people who don't get any normal embryos. So you kind of feel like an asshole. Oh, totally. Like, totally. Oh, we only got one. But it is like, it, it does feel like now the stakes are a little higher. First of all, because we don't know the gender. Second of all, because, you know, the first transfer didn't work. So, like, we know that it's possible that, that transfers don't work. And... I don't know. I just like, I wasn't upset, but I was like, all right. Uh, you were somewhat disappointed by the results. Yeah. But also feeling guilty that you were disappointed by results that some people wish they could Correct. have. Correct. That is exactly how I feel. Which is sort of hitting on Daniela. Yeah. Guilt. It's a, it's a, it's a, guilt-ridden process we have here well i think especially now that we're doing this podcast and we get so many emails from people sharing their experiences which is amazing but you do understand that there is a very wide range of experiences yes so you know i feel like of of anyone i'm pretty i'm pretty well versed in the range of experiences so i you know uh so i i but in fairness i mean there was a Luckily, when you said Dr. Beck had called, my immediate thought was, oh, she's calling because it was terrible and there's no embryos. That was my fear, too. So then when she says one embryo, you're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was embryo number five. It was the last embryo. Uh, the one that took the longest I to think grow. so. Yeah. Well, um, probably going to be the smartest one. You think? I don't know. It's, it's a fucking embryo. <laughs> Nothing right now. Um, but then she said... You know, we said when we had two embryos that we were going to do the endometrial biopsy. Mm -hmm. And once we get those results, then we'll do a transfer. What are you laughing about, Bo? I'm laughing at Bo's eyes, just like kind of looking at the hot dog. And then he just closed them and went back to sleep. Yeah, he's so so not interested in the hot dog. Doesn't smell like anything. It's a Hebrew national. I feel like it's it's also stale. Guys... (laughs) I want to talk about hot dogs for half a second. I know we're talking about real stuff, but hot dogs. Those have been in our freezer Kosher for hot dogs. at least a year. No, they haven't. Yes, they, they have. They were bought for this Hanukkah party. Oh, they were? Yeah. Only four months old. Oh. <laughs> Frozen. All right. Guys. I think you overcooked them, I think. I but, did. Yeah. I, think I cooked them too the hot. Issue. Ah. Um, anyway, my, my point is kosher hot dogs are the worst things in the world. I hate them. Um, but going back to pork and a hot dog. the theme of the podcast. I like a KM natural casing hot dog. Okay. Thank you, honey. Kids, if you're on the East Coast, All you know right. what I'm talking about. I also like an Essam hot dog. Remember Essam? Mm. Yes, it's Essam. I didn't eat that. I wasn't a big hot dog person. Well, of course you weren't. You were a Jew. Uh, Your parents are afraid of sausage. We eat hot dogs. Your parents are afraid of sausage. That sounds dirty. Uh, well, it's not because it was on a pizza. Um, Point. Wait, Matt. are we are we are we done? No, we're not done. I just had a hot dog digression. I just feel like you you know you don't want to really unpack this phone call, honey. I, I didn't hear it. I don't know what there is to unpack. I'm trying to because unpack you did it with not you. put it on speakerphone. I know you're so angry about this. It's bananas to me that you didn't do it. Okay, now I know. Whenever the doctor calls and you're here, I'll put it on speaker. Seems like a pretty reasonable request. Okay. 
it's reasonable you just didn't say it at well the it was time. there was a lot happening because i, I had harnessed him i and know then, like, i come back in i know and then i forgot my key it was a whole i thing. know so you know i feel like you're kind of blaming me but you're also like yeah, it's really Bo's fault yeah it's Bo's fault um she i mean she oh my god his snout is like moving towards it and then he's like no he licked it he's so he's so not interested in it. i've never seen him reject meat like this oh my god i've never seen him reject meat like this <laughs> you know who does not sponsor the podcast hebrew national oh, oh, oh there we he go. got there <laughs> Oh, I was like, there's two. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was botastic. Um, she, I mean, you know, she was like, she was basically like when you're 40 and I'm almost 40. Yeah. Like getting one normal, <clears throat> excuse me, getting one normal embryo in a round of IVF is very good. She says. Okay. So there was a moment on the phone where you were looking at me where I assumed you guys were talking about my sperm being weird. No, she didn't mention your sperm okay. being weird. I mean, that's uh, the guilt that I was seeing in my face, like reflected back at me. No, she you didn't. looked pro- at me like you were blaming me. No, I, I wasn't. That was projection. Oh, no. Is he puking up the hot dog? No, he's just like making noise. I think I awoken him by putting a hot dog in his face. Oh, hmm. funny how that works. Weird dogs. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and, you know, just knowing that like, we're missing this, we're missing this, this cycle opportunity to do the biopsy because we'll be in France. And then I just like know that next cycle, I'm going to be away for some book thing, like when we have to do it. And it's yeah. just going to keep getting pushed and pushed. And I pushed. didn't think we were touching your body again until June. I know. So it's just like, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. On the bright side, this podcast continues. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you guys all so psyched? <laughs> they better be, especially if they want to get a bonus episode, <laughs> for which all they have to do is pre-order Dory's book, Start Up a Novel. And for those who have already done that, thank you very much. Yeah, you guys are awesome. You guys are better than the people who haven't. <gasps> what? Wow. I think it's time for a voicemail. Uh, is it? Uh, she says it is. So do we have a Do we have a specific time for voicemails in the episode? I don't know. I just find that like after the email. But you, you want to read one more email? No, no. Go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. My name is Megan. I live in Portland, Oregon, with my wife Cheryl, and um, we've been going through IVF for ooh, about two years now. Um, we started with five IUIs, five failed IUIs, and then did a round of IVF um, and came out with seven embryos that were frozen, but we didn't do genetic testing, so I don't know the quality of them, but um, we've had two, we've had one chemical pregnancy, one miscarriage, and I'm about to do my third transfer next week. Yay. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I've been listening, binge listening to your podcast, and every single episode I have something that I want to respond to, but I am up to the episode where um, 
you're talking to the two sisters who uh, one of them was the egg donor for her, and they talked about having to see a psychologist, mandatory to see a psychologist, and that was required at my clinic as well. And I just have to say it was horrible and so offensive. Um, They were so degrading and... Like, I tried my best to get out of even going to this, like, counseling session because mm-hmm. I really felt like, you know, we've been seeing a counselor. We've been thinking through this for, like, years. We've talked with our families about it. We've talked to our known donor about it. Like, why do we have to pay money to have someone tell us that it's okay that we go through with this process? Hit pause for a second. Uh, it just felt... She's going to the psychologist. It's required because they're using a known donor. Huh. Interesting. Continue. Okay. It felt horrible. And I don't understand why, you know, anyone getting, quote, normally pregnant never has to go through any of this bullshit to get pregnant like we're already paying all of this money just like let us go through the damn process was kind of my thought about it all and it's funny because I have other friends that are at this clinic and they're doing IUIs they went through 12 IUIs and never got pregnant but they were constantly demanding that they go see the psychologist and every single time they would schedule and then right before their insemination cancel <laughs> and they still let them go through with it which uh, now looking back i think is genius uh, and i wish i would have done that but um i'm kind of a rule follower so i went through with it and um i it just like can't i can't explain how terrible it was to like have a psychologist ask me like so the voice will cut off because it was three minutes oh. and that's it. So oh, Megan, right. we need you to call back and tell us the rest of the story. <sighs> you know, I think we'd be a lot better off as a society if everyone had to jump through the hoops that we have to jump through to have children. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, I mean, but I do feel like they make you jump through extra and unnecessary hoops when you are a same-sex couple using a known donor. Actually, maybe not even a same-sex couple. I think just be just using a known donor, like I from what people have said, it's it's like unnecessarily complicated. Mm. So, it kind of sucks. Seems like it doesn't just kind of suck. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, keep us posted, Megan. Good luck on your round. Yeah. You're doing it. The transfer. The transfer, rather. Everything's a round. I want to read it. A round email. of transfers. Well, you're lucky because I'm going to read another one. Oh, my God. Hey, Dorian, Do Matt. see what's happening here? And Bo. My hey. name is Carrie. You can continue reading. No, go okay. ahead. I have Picos. Which is what I've decided to call it because I've heard someone say that before. And don't ovulate without medication. My husband, Justin, and I 
have made uh, by science toddler, have a made by science toddler. You know what? Dory should have read this. Because mm. I don't have my glasses. I'm trying to read ahead and everything's not functioning. Interesting. Well, did you know that uh, Carrie and Justin are working on their second science baby? They currently at a standstill until an ovulation cyst resolves. Of ovarian Jesus. Wow. I need glasses. Someone else should have read this email. I think that someone is to my right. Bo. No, he tried. All he could do was exhale and lick the microphone. Doesn't know how to read. Um, Do you want to take this opportunity to find your glasses? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. All right. My name is Carrie. I have PCOS and don't ovulate without medication. My husband, Justin, and I have a made-by-science toddler and are working on our second science baby, currently at a standstill until an ovarian cyst resolves. All the infertility identification out of the way, that's actually not what I'm writing to you guys about. I want to help advise about being a nerdy kid in the South. If you guys remember a couple weeks ago, Jake, the 17-year-old from Mississippi, wrote into us. And then last week, Katie, the other nerdy 17-year-old, wrote into us. So catching everyone up um all right i grew up on a farm in the deepest darkest mississippi delta so far out dial-up internet didn't even work until 1998 when i went to college not only did i find my people there yeah i was one of those kids playing magic the gathering on the student union steps i found my now husband we were super awkward together did lots of late night chatting via icq and irc Hmm. and there i'm showing my age uh, land parties playing Diablo 2. Nice. And 18 years later, 14 married, our nights are a little more filled with teething toddler than dungeon reading, but still super awesome. There is a nerdy girl waiting out there. If you live near a college town, check out <laughs> oh, what's happening there. on campus. Or if there's a local community theater arts program, slash arts program, there's so few of us weirdos down here, we tend to clump together. In my current tiny Mississippi town, there are several of us that meet up a couple times a month to play board games at a local bookstore. There are definitely small local conventions in all parts of the state. Coast Con, Tup- Tupelo, Tupelo, how do you say that word? I don't know. Oh boy, all the Mississippians are going to be like, oh, she doesn't even know how to say Tupelo. Sounds good to me. Comic Con, Mississippi Comic Con, or figure out how to visit the Holy Land, Dragon Con in Atlanta. I love the show. I lurk in the Facebook group and it's Dragon just... Dragon Con's a boisterous... That's the most sex crazed of the cons. How do you know? I, I'm, I'm familiar with the con world. I've never been to Dragon Con, but mm. I've heard pray tell. So you say. Of cosplayers doing shit in the hallways. What? Yeah. Oh boy. In their cosplay outfits? Yeah, it's a thing. People enjoy that. Um. All right. I lurk in the Facebook group, and it's just nice to know other people are out there. My RE is 150 miles away, and he's the closest one, so there isn't an infertility community here except for the internet. The office is really great and works with my local OBGYN and hospital to do the majority of the monitoring here to limit the back-and-forth time. Thanks, y'all, for letting me go on my little ramble there. Carrie. Carrie, we got through it. It took both Matt and Dory to read the email, mostly because I stopped being able to read. Yeah. Got my glasses now. Good job, honey. I'm going to read the next email, though. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. This is from Sunny. Sunny. Hey, guys. I heard about your podcast on Cup of Joe. 
and have been binge listening all week. Welcome, Cup of Joes. Yeah, welcome, Cup of Joe readers. Um, and if you guys didn't see, if you guys are not Cup of Joe readers, you should head on over to cupofjoe.com. That's Joe with no E. And there's a nice little interview with the two of us that, that ran last Monday. If you want to hear us get down and dirty. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about why we do the podcast. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a great interview. What we think of our fans, even the ones who don't pre-order Start Up a Novel, <laughs> who should pre-order Start Up a Novel by Dory Shafrir. Thank you, honey. It's the page turner of the summer. It is. You've been turning the pages. I have. Do you check the bookmark in my bathroom to make sure I'm reading it? I glance at it. That's amazing. And I'm like, hmm, all right, I think it's. I think it's a little down, like further down in the book yep that's right guys i put my book in matt's bathroom so he would read it she knew the only place i have time to me is in there yep and now that time is to her that sounds weird (laughs) (laughs) all right uh okay here we go i'm on episode 17 so i'm a little behind and trying not to peek ahead but obviously hope you get a ton of embryos are knocked up already well not quite um my husband and I are in limbo before starting our first Clomid IUI with trigger shot cycle, hopefully in May. I have PCOS and he has extremely low sperm count. We have been trying since June 2016, married in October 2014. And after not getting a period for months and months, I went to my PCP and had some tests there and started metformin. I guess doctors aren't super sure what exactly causes PCOS, but they think insulin resistance is a factor. And metformin is actually a diabetes type 2 drug that is supposed to help restore ovulation. Interesting. It hasn't for me. We started with a fertility center three months ago who were great and dove right into all the different tests and started me on Provera right away so we could start the first cycle ASAP. But then my husband's sperm count came back at 4 million with medium motility and they were like, whoa, let's pump the brakes. 4 million. Way to go, buddy. (laughs) That's 3 million more than me. Um, my husband got some more tests and it turns out he has a varicocele. Yeah, me too. So his doctor actually put him on Clomid. On the left ball. Did you hear that? Yeah. Get some Clomid. Let's fucking do it. I guess it works for men too. Sperm regeneration takes four months to start and that's why we're in this limbo now. Have you heard of any other men using Clomid and what were their results? I have not. I have not either. But but I'm sure. Our listeners have. Our listeners have. Um, the thing I'm struggling with, okay, you ready, honey? Oh, this is not you. This is her. Yes. Okay. The thing I'm struggling with is that I feel extremely guilty Mm -hmm. that I secretly feel a little glad that both of us are struggling with infertility. Sure. Is that horrible? No. I know it makes it a lot harder for us to get pregnant and the treatment could be harder. And I know my husband feels terrible that he's a contributing factor, but maybe wouldn't be if I ever ovulated. But it kind of makes me feel like we're in this together and I'm not alone. Is that crazy? Nope. I'm the worst. Your comrades. Thanks for helping to normalize talking about infertility and treatment. You guys are great. You guys are in it together. Love and other indoor sports. Sunny. Medically, you're together. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I think it's, uh, first of all, as, as we've been kind of hammering home the last few episodes, don't, don't beat yourself up about anything. But, but really pick someone and blame them mostly. <laughs> right? Um, I missed that. No. Oh. I think you guys are a team. You're in this together. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you're going to make it happen. 
Yeah. We're going to figure it out together. And we will all go down together. I had a different song in my head as I was saying Yes, that. we will all go and th- down Now I forget what song it was together. since you started singing that. Good night, Saigon. As sharp as knives, 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 knives. Brother I'm going to play another brother. voicemail. All right. Okay. Time for another voicemail. Okay. Hi, Dory. Hi, Matt. Hi, Bo. This Hi, is Bo. Chris calling from Seattle. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, and just finished episode 18, and it gave me a couple uh, suggestions as a as a parent to tell you what to not worry about. Mm. Um, the the sleep deprivation thing and the the lack of sleep. Yes, it's a reality. Um, I think if anything. Matt might want to worry about losing a lot of his video game playing time sure. rather than the sleep. But uh, oh, I see. it's all part of the wonderful uh, blurry take lots of photographs because you won't remember the first several months period of time. And uh, it's, uh, it's really great and totally uh, life-changing. And I know that you guys will be parents someday, so I'm sending lots of love and lots of positive energy from Seattle. And Matt, I, I would have to say that season uh-huh. three of Cheers is my favorite as far as that time period where sure. Coach is still around yep. and uh, Dr. Fraser Crane is introduced. Yep. That's totally probably uh, probably my favorite season of Cheers, and you can't pin me down for a specific episode. Anyway, I really enjoy your show, and we just want to send you some love from Seattle. Take care. Bye. Nice. My favorite episode of Cheers is, I think, from season four. Oh. Don Juan is hell. Okay. That's the name of the episode. All right. Yeah, I got that. It's a great episode. Diane is uh, working on a paper, grad grad paper, about a uh, for sexual humanities, and uh, she does a paper on Sam. Because Sam volunteers to do the paper uh, on a sexual obsessive, <laughs> and then the professor is like, "We've never seen anyone with this textbook a case. Of, oh, is this person real?" And Sam's like, "Very happy to meet everybody." And, Oh boy! It's a great episode. Oh it's boy! My episode. There I go saying I watch "Oh that boy." One a lot. Um. Every time you say "Oh boy," I end the podcast with the quantum leap theme. Now. Oh. <gasps> yeah. It's helpful. Would I don't you, have to look for something else. Would you like to read the next email? Sure. The Is one in the middle. From uh, this one. Oh, that's barely the middle. It's from Lauren. I'm listening right now. I had to stop what I was doing to write you. When I was 29 and engaged to be married, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. I had to have a hysterectomy, chemotherapy, and radiation. I'm not sure how I would have gotten through it without my fiancé, now husband, who spent nights with me in the hospital after surgery and brought his laptops, uh, laptop to the chemo ward so that he could work while I was on the IV. Wait, this is, this is in reference to uh, an email we got last week from a guy in Louisiana whose fiancé has cervical cancer. Right. And we he, asked him to write in. Did he write in again? He did not write in. Well, maybe he has not heard yet. I'm not sure how I would have gotten through it or where I would be today without my sweet, loyal, devoted husband. 
and though we have mourned the fact that we will never have children of our own, I am certain that he does not regret a single moment of our marriage. It's difficult to know that you can never have your own children, but genetics are not everything. We are adopting, and I believe that we will find the child or children that we are meant to raise. I completely understand the point of view of the man whose girlfriend was just diagnosed. And if I'm being honest, I spent years feeling like I was unworthy of my husband's love and unflappable devotion. But this diagnosis and resulting infertility is just one of the many things they will go through together. I'm not saying everything is hard from here on out, but they could be in for a rough couple of years. I certainly was. She'll need him more now than ever. If there's a chance he thinks he cannot stay through the ups and downs, illness and recovery, he might consider leaving now. It's okay. These are times in our lives when we find out who we are and what we want. Matt and Dory, your advice for therapy was spot on. Yes, therapy, early and often. Here's a parenthetical. Oh, and I should say that if they really want to make a baby with their genes, they might be able to freeze her eggs and use a surrogate. Or if he wants a baby with his genes, they can get a donor. Uh, they can get some donor eggs and use a surrogate. Of course, it's not as easy as making one yourself. Nothing is, but I do want him to know that there are options. All the best to you both. Cheers to you and your strong little embryos, Lauren. P.S. I'm attaching a photo from my wedding. I finished treatment in August and married in September. Luckily, I didn't lose my hair, or else I would have had to get a much edgier dress. Oh. That's beautiful. Lauren, good advice. Yeah. If you're out there, young man, that's good advice. You know what I love about this podcast? No. I mean, I love many things about this podcast, uh-huh. but I love that like any situation that we've brought up, yeah, someone has then written in and been like, this happened to me or like, right. it just, you know, no one is alone in any of this. That's true. Except Bo. He's mm. on the couch. Even Bo's not alone. Uh, this following email is from Samantha. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. That's the Sex and City theme, guys. That's the only name I think of when I hear Samantha. Here That's we go. because you're not a girl. You would think of the American Girl doll, Samantha. If I were a girl, I would think of the yeah. American Girl doll. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I think of my high school girlfriend, Samantha? I My first thought is Kim Cattrall. Okay. It's an iconic character. It is. Samantha Jones is iconic. Uh, I love that slot machine. I'll see it tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to Vegas. Oh, yeah, by the way, tomorrow. we're recording on Saturday. We are. So I think this is going to go up tonight, right? No, oh, no, you're going to put it up tomorrow night? I push it up normal time oh, okay. i can't have them with weird release schedules i won't know which way is up or which I mean, way that's is down. what i was wondering i was like is everyone gonna get this episode a day early what's happening if you're in vegas on monday and you happen to be at let me guess where i'll be caesar's the bellagio or the venetian and you see me with a very tall skinny man say hello <laughs> <laughs> as though people wouldn't be able to recognize you if you didn't say you were with a tall skinny man oh there you go it's me and ross uh this is from samantha again uh planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I am also in that Instant Pot group on Facebook, <laughs> and it simultaneously provides me with so much hope and so much disappointment. <laughs> I feel like the science behind, an Instant Pot, beside, behind using the Instant Pot is more complicated than the science behind you guys making a baby. What is your true opinion of the Instant Pot? I've used mine a few times, and I'm only mildly impressed. I also find that some of the recipes people brag about in the group are really kind of basic bitch. Like the recipe Matt was describing when fo- with f- about frozen meatballs. Anyway, this isn't all about your baby making. Sorry. Uh, I'm 30 and have no interest in kids. Just into your podcast slash learning about new stuff. Thank you for sharing and good luck. This email made me laugh. Samantha. Because she called frozen meatballs basic bitch. I mean, it is pretty ba- <laughs> It's the most basic of bitches. P.S. Is Dory short for a nickname or something? Or is that your full name? Do you guys have middle names? Will you give your kid a middle name? How all over is this email? Cool, thanks. <laughs> Smiley face. Uh, Dory is my full real name. It is. It's weird. I was named after my great-grandmother, Dora. Why you're not named Dory, we don't know. My, my parents thought it was old-fashioned, which, like, okay. But now, Dora would be such a cool name, although it would be Dora the Explorer. And that would be annoying. But now I'm a fish. Now you're finding Dora. So it's like, would I rather have been an explorer or a fish? Would you rather have been a, a half, a, a, well, how is she, what is she, Guatemalan? Dora? Dora? Yeah, she's, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know exactly what she eh, is. Whatever. Um, and I don't have a middle name, but We're Matt a does. filthy people, us Latin people. Um, what am I? I have a you middle have name. You have a middle name. I do. It's Paul. Yep. Matthew Paul. Um, you I throw my like, confirmation name into it. My full name is Matthew Paul Thomas Myra. Um, I, I think we'll so give our kids Catholic, middle names. It hurts. I think we'll give our kids middle names. Hope so. George Harrison. Um, all right. I'm going to play voicemail. That's a good name, though. Yeah. Okay. Hello. This is Francis Egerton, the third Duke of Bridgewater. Oh, my God. And my name mentioned time and again on your program and wanted to set the record straight. Hello, It Francis. is I who bears that title. Now, I support <gasps> you in all your scientific childbearing and only wish I could have done so myself. Just like I find no one to marry and rear my child, I had to spend all my money on building canals and collecting art. <laughs> with no heirs to my title, I became the very last Duke of Bridgewater to ever exist. Well... Cheerio, then, and damn the imposters. <laughs> That's quite an email. Well, voicemail. <laughs> Thank you, Duke of Bridgewater. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's like something I would expect uh, one of my friends to do, to call it, up. It might. No, I don't think I know that voice. That, 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 that was... <laughs> I hope he becomes a recurring character, the Duke of Bridgewater. Um, now, was the canals thing because you think Bridgewater, you're thinking you're making bridges over water, so you're building canals and making bridges. Let us know, Duke. Uh, please, call in more often. <laughs> it's for Amelia. Hey, Matt and Dory. So y'all rock. Seriously, you do. But also, just wanted 
to use the word y'all. I have been taking my own IVF journey way too seriously, and you have reminded me to laugh more about it. Thank you. So, I just listened to episode 19. I'm a bit behind, I know. And heard about the drug delivery disaster. I had a similar experience with my local pharmacy. I went in two weeks before my cycle started to order IVF drugs. I went in again two days before to make sure they had everything. Then when I went in on the day of my period, uh, the day my period started, they said they had accidentally sold them and my items were now on back order. That is so Holy fucked. fucked. <laughs> that is so fucked. I, I would have, I would have lost my shit. I would have, I would have like fucking, I would have lost my shit. I would have, you would not have wanted to have been in. I would have been like Sarah Connor escaping from the mental facility. (laughs) I would have like fucking filled the syringe with Drano and stuck it in their neck until they got me the drugs. They wouldn't have been able to get you the drugs. They'd be dead because you stuck a syringe of Drano in their neck. She doesn't push the syringe well, in. You said she threatens him. She in. does. She sticks it just there, and then it's like you better do this or this. Plunger. She's not a killer. She's Sarah Connor. All right. She's the mother of humanity. Okay. God. All she kills are terminators. Um, back to this email. She asks now. So they're sold. Now they're on back order. And the email continues, why didn't I just pick up the drugs earlier? Don't blame yourself. They fucked up. I didn't want to spend hundreds of dollars on the drugs before Auntie Flo arrived in uh, case I had to magically become pregnant and wouldn't need all the meds. Hashtag dreaming. I hear that. This is not on you. This is not on you. Like, you can't return those meds. They're really expensive. (laughs) Right. So. Your story and mine made me think someone should start an app or Facebook group where you can put out offers if you have any leftover drugs. This seems wildly illegal. Or requests if you are in a bind and need something urgently. This is probably all highly illegal. Well, hey. (laughs) But would also be helpful. I also uh, often think that it would be good to do something with the the expensive drugs I have left over. It would be good to be able to donate them to someone in need. Maybe this already exists. You guys know. Um. So I have heard this came up in the Facebook group actually. In the deep state. No, in the excellent adventure ah. Facebook group, not not to be confused with the deep state. Gotcha. Um, that you can often give them back to your clinic, and they sometimes can give them to to patients that need them. Mm. Um, there are and there are other um, fertility Facebook groups. From what I understand, there is an active drug exchange program happening. I don't know which Facebook groups those are, but don't you could look probably for it, poke around and find something. I have another question. You guys are so clearly a team on your IVF journey. I'm having a hard time getting my hubby fully involved. Start a podcast. He does not want to give me the drugs and often can't come to appointments. Well, that's me too. I do want to give her the drugs. If I'm around, I'd be happy to can feel a bit like i'm doing it alone how can i be more encouraging and invite him into the journey with me how can i make him feel more involved uh i think unless he's a bastard he should just be able to hear the words from you i would like you to be more involved in this i don't know if you're not telling him that you want him to be involved maybe he is feeling guilty that you're having to go through this Mm. and he's shutting down because of that I think if you 
were to express to him that this is something you would like, that you would need him to be more involved, it's going to be a little easier on you if he is fully involved, then I think that that is something you should say to him. Well, and also, like, how... No, no. I nailed it. I'm expanding on what you said. Contract. <sighs> You're very feisty tonight. I'm tired. <laughs> um, if he can't make it to the appointments, he might feel bad about that and not know how else he can support you and That's contribute. True. So, you know, think about what are ways that he could be supportive of you that aren't coming to the appointments if he can't, if he like legitimately right. can't make it to the appointments. So that's just what I was going to say. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read the next email. Oh, I'm so good at reading. You are, but you're very tired. Okay. This is from Emma. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, first, I want to say I'm really enjoying listening to your podcast. I'm a bit behind, but it's been really interesting to listen to your conversations. Emma, would you say that you're enjoying it enough to pre-order Start Up a Novel by (laughs) Dory Shafrir? End story. Well, it's funny you say that, honey. Okay, go. I'm currently listening to episode 12, and you just suggested that listeners request Dory's book from their local libraries. What? <laughs> Thank you. I hold a Master of Arts in Library and Information Sciences and worked in college and public libraries uh-huh. from the ages of 18 to 31. Okay. I left my job of nine years in August 2016 to be a work-at-home mom to my now nine-month-old daughter. I've inserted a photo because she's objectively adorable. Hmm. She was very cute. Um, It has always amazed me how little the majority of people in my life know about and use libraries. And I'm not even the only person in my family who earned a postgraduate library degree. Libraries are amazing places that offer so many services to their communities. They do the jobs of about five to seven different educational and social service organizations on incredibly tiny budgets. And they continue to offer more when legislators continue to Do give them know, less. This is funny. We were talking about this a few few weeks ago. We were driving in the car, and I said to you that libraries wouldn't exist. Like, yeah, if someone if, tried if someone, to create the, the library of, system today. If the idea of the library system were put forth now, they would not exist. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, but I also think that's probably true for like public education and you're a hundred percent correct. A lot of other things. It's fucking insane what is happening right now. Yeah. But I just want to tell everyone that, you know, it's the old adage, plant a tree so that the future generation may have shade. Let us be thankful that some people were uh, intelligent enough to say, maybe we should allow the public to read books and yeah. be a resource for people. Guys, you can rent CDs and movies from the library. And audiobooks. And audiobooks. And you can um, you can rent rent, I mean borrow. You're not renting, you're not paying for it. You, you can, can borrow ebooks. You too. can borrow ebooks. You could borrow a copy of the script to rent. <laughs> that was very specific. Well, we were talking about renting. Oh, yeah, that's true. And you can probably borrow the DVD of Rent. Yes. Most of the original cast. Yeah. Not all the original and cast. And probably the soundtrack, too. Definitely. Yeah. So that's my little rant on libraries. Um, I also can't remember if that's my thought or someone else's thought, but I you feel br- like I, mean, I brought you it did, up. You did bring it up. Anyway, okay. Um, I appreciate your support of your local library system in Los Angeles, and I'm grateful that you shared that support with your listeners. Not only will I request Dory's book at my local neighborhood, at my neighborhood library, I will make sure my friend and former colleague orders a few for my former employer as well. Great. Good luck on your IVF journey. I'm thinking happy thoughts for you guys, Emma. Emma, 
You're a champion. Yep. Emma, if it was just up to you, we'd have a bonus episode. But we have 500 other slackers who have yet to pre-order the book. <laughs> Guys, we I have, have the most supportive husband we in have the world. No... The other thing, too, is it's crazy. We have no indication on who's pre-ordering the book. These numbers came from Dory's publisher. And I was just like, that doesn't seem like a lot. Really, I'm just disappointed in everybody. <laughs> we have no way of tracking how many pre-orders there are unless the publisher tells us. Honestly, I feel like the publisher's numbers have to be wrong because I know our listeners and they support us. We're sitting here on a Saturday. It's 7... It's 7.18 It's 7.18 p.m. on a Saturday night. And what are we doing? We're talking to you guys, giving you what you love, which is... Us people talking. talking about trying to have a baby <laughs> there's I'm, no accounting I'm for taste mostly kidding i think you guys are great but you know there's a couple of you out there right now who i know can pre-order the book but haven't done it yeah go to amazon.com forward slash don't forward slash i have no idea what another you can just go to amazon.com and type in start up a novel use a click through if you have to i don't know yeah anyway Anyway, Emma, I like that email from Emma. Um, And you can read this next one from Kristen. I will be happy to from Kristen. It's relevant to your interests. First off, love the podcast. I tried to be a little bit helpful by taking the survey and requesting Dory's book from my local library. Kristen, you're one of the good ones. Thank you, Kristen. Before I had my kids, I also worked at a lab fertility clinic. I did semen analysis, freezing, washes for IUI, screening to communicate for uh, for, uh, communicable diseases, Tests for autoimmune conditions related to infertility, AMH levels, and all kinds of other blood tests, hormones, vitamin levels, immunity tests, etc. that I'm sure you're familiar with. I am. I wanted to note that HIV test that you had was probably necessary for the clinic to be complying with regulations from the FDA, so they probably wouldn't have uh, accepted it from somewhere else. Also, the collection rooms. Our, uh, ours contained a pleather chair which we put a chucks pad down uh, for any accidents. We had that also as our <laughs> clinic. TV with th- DVD player. We have a TV with DVD player. I just would like to add, the TV is a fucking tube television. <laughs> it's a CRT <laughs> television. Wait, did we tell everyone what happened when you complained about the room to Dr. Beck? No, what happened? You, were, you like complained about it after the... Wasn't it after or before the retrieval? You said something about it, and she sort of like laughed nervously and was like, "Oh!" And then she told a story about the old clinic she was in, where they had renovated it, and you could hear the people jerking off when you went into the elevator. Yes, yeah, and we didn't tell people that, but yes, I remember that story. Yeah, uh, and she was basically like, "Be thankful, no one can hear you." And then you were like, "I can hear the lab tech." Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> I don't care if they can hear me. I fucking masturbate like a stealth bomber. It's very quiet. And you can't see it. Uh, Anyway, back down to this room. TV, DVD player, magazine rack with magazines. A phone for contacting the techs. Sure. When finished, and a sink. They are designed to be easy to clean and keep things sanitary after we took the specimen from the patient, we would ha- we would had to wipe down all the surfaces with disinfecting wipes and replace the pad and specimen cup. Hope that provides some insight into the room. I do know, however, that our at our clinic the material was rotated on about a six month basis. Well, some guys are in there six months. They're in six times in six months. Additionally, we get a referral 
semen analysis from a local urologist, some of which are teenage boys post-testicular injury. <laughs> For these patients, we are required to remove all the porn from the rooms. What the fuck are they supposed to do? <laughs> I loved that detail. How the fuck are they <laughs> supposed to jerk off? That's crazy. <laughs> if you have any questions about these kinds of tests, I would be happy to answer them as best I can remember. It was nearly four years ago at this point. Anyways, now that I have sent you on an entirely too long email, not that long. Well, there was some other stuff. Ah, I, I just wanted to it. wish you both luck and baby dust. You both seem delightful and your child will be lucky to have you as parents. Thanks again, Kristen. What the fuck do teenage boys jerk Maybe off they just to? have their phones. Well, I mean, what what is society coming to at this point? If 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 we can't just let everybody have the same porn, I'm gonna play voicemail. Play a voicemail. I'm gonna have to do these donations pretty soon. Okay. We're gonna get we're gonna get close to wrapping it up here. All right, here we go. We do a longer podcast if you would just pre-order the book. <laughs> Hi Matt. Hi Dory. This is Yukari from Venice calling again. Hey. I just sent Our you a message friend. that I had. I remember that I had a specific question for Matt, which I hope he has good answer for. Okay. As I've told you, I am a journalist, mm-hmm. and I normally cover technology startups. But an opportunity came up where I will be interviewing the creator of Power Rangers. I'm, oh, say mine. I think that's how I pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I'm Saban mm-hmm. for a Japanese magazine. The interview is next Monday, so there isn't much time left. But oh, assuming no, that no, you've no, encountered no. Power Rangers at some point in your life, uh-huh. Matt... If you were able to ask one question to Mr. Savan, what would it be? Oh. Looking forward to hearing your next episode. Thanks. No, we didn't miss it. It's this It's this coming Monday. All right. Well, then I'm going to have to put this up tomorrow night for sure. Yeah. So she gets it. Yeah. First of all, conceptually, it's fucking brilliant. Because you... As a creator, he got to like, uh, okay, we'll do all these fight scenes. Everyone's fully covered head to toe. Then we will package the show, sell it to other countries, and they can film the remaining 14 minutes of the show with actors of their own country Mm. in their own language. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, So there's all these different versions of Power Rangers all over the world? Well, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I would ask him if he oh I would ask him aside from the red this is just a dumb question but I'm curious which which ranger does he most identify with Mm. interesting question that I would ask him and then this is not for him but does he realize that the Rangers were, it was super racist to make the Black Ranger a black guy, the Red Ranger a Native American, the Yellow Ranger an Asian girl, and the Pink Ranger a pretty girl? And <laughs> does he realize this? Or was it subconscious? Yeah. Or was it an accident? Mm, seems like a very coincidental accident. I'm just asking for a friend. Okay. All right. I really hope that she at least asked my first question. I'm going to do one more email. Okay. And then we have to get going. Yeah. we got big happenings tonight, everybody. Everybody's happening. Uh, from Robin. Thank you for your podcast. I'm one of those many people who's not going through IAVF, nor do I currently plan to have children. I wanted to 
add to those who have already written from in from the same perspective and say that the lessons I'm learning from you guys are so important. I'm a big believer in being aware of how others may feel before you know people in that situation. I'm sure that I will have friends and relatives who go through this, and I feel like I will be a little less useless because I have these base knowledge. I have a base knowledge in the process. Thank you in advance. It was also great to hear how you guys met. I used online dating for a while now, and it was refreshing to hear Dory's experience was similar to my own. I know a lot of people who have mired it. <laughs> Parenthetical, <laughs> met someone right after joining, but hearing someone who's gone through their frustrations and met someone great in the end is so lovely. Another reason I enjoy your podcast so much is because of the love and support you show each other, your friends and your listeners. I most listeners and i mean most listeners who have pre-ordered dory's book start up a novel <laughs> with things going on in the world currently it's inspiring and grounding to hear uh am i saying you're basically superheroes yes i guess i am well that's very sweet we are not superheroes i mean i am dory she doesn't even like superheroes bo just snored as you said that bo is a superhero here's her questions right yep dory yes have you considered giving a ted talk about your journey, the stigma around IVF, and the lessons learned from doing the podcast. I think it would be really interesting and may help people like me who only stumble across the podcast on one of Matt's many other projects otherwise. Uh, I wondered this before, but in a recent episode, you mentioned the idea of writing a book, which would also be very interesting, and I would read slash recommend to everyone. Oh, thank you, Robin. Have you ever thought about doing a TED Talk, honey? Um... No, I haven't. I would be open to it. If anyone from TED is listening and you would like me to speak at one of your conventions, please uh, email Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. Or go to BuzzFeed and email her there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's ways, a lot to, of ways to contact me. I also have open DMs. Oh, no. I need to for people to, email, to DM me. Ugh, can't imagine. That gave me the chills. I, I just, don't like I the just, idea of that. I just block people who are spammy. Okay. All right. So get in touch with her, Ted, if you're out there. Matt, you sound like you've been really supportive to Dory. This must be very emotionally exhausting for you, and I know you're cutting down smoking, which must have been physically, uh, which must physically be very challenging. In fact, it was, and I started eating a lot more. Uh, that said, if the tables were turned around and you were the one having the medication, injections, hormones, and blood tests, and the invasive cameras, uh, how do you think you would cope? I'd probably be pretty stressed, a little snippy, and overall the same. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, congratulations on your amazing egg count and the last retrieval. Thank you. Best of luck. I will keep everything crossed for you. Looking forward to reading Startup, a novel. Oh, That's from you. Robin in the UK. There is no UK publisher yet, but you can pre-order the American copy. You can. But you can't. I don't. I think if you're in the UK, you cannot get it on Kindle. I know. P.S. I don't have a book. I don't have a book club, and feel eternal shame as well. Maybe there should be a not in a book club club. <laughs> that was a great email. Yeah, that was a great email. Um, I just want to make sure that there wasn't anything I put on here that we absolutely have to read this week. Nope. All right. Cool. Are you ready for the donors. 
I think so. This is going to be a streamlined process. Streamlined donor process. Um, as you guys know, uh, anyone who donates, Matt makes up a fun fact about. And sometimes he is eerily close to being right. Uh, like the guy who commented on the Facebook group that when you had said something about how he was obsessed with roller skating, but he had never learned to roller skate. And he was like, well, actually I, I have always regretted never learning how to rollerblade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want to donate, you can go to excellentadventure.com and click on donate. Actually, you can probably just go to excellentadventure.com slash donate. Yeah. And that'll, please that'll do, do it. So, I, and no, no donation is too small. That's right. Some donations are too large. But I'll no. let you know if it ever gets to that point. <laughs> I've yet to see one. Um, so should we still do it where I read the name and you say it? Or do you want to sure. just... Okay. And we're going to... This is going to be fast, you guys. And yep. in fact, the first name... You can keep listening, other person. Yeah, is Diana Fast. <clears throat> I don't have Diana Fast. Wait, what? I don't have Diana Fast. We said it was going to be fast and it's not. Oh, my God. This Whoa. is the saddest thing I've ever seen. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Diana Fast really likes Next Iron Chef, but she wishes that Alex Shelley had won it. Okay. For a second, I was paranoid that I'd sent you like the wrong list or something, but I guess I must have just copied and pasted badly. You chopped, uh, you chopped one off. All right. Rana Gratis. She used to be into The Bachelor until three seasons ago. Andrew Steinley. Made some lifelong friends at camp, even though there is one person in his camp friend group he can't stand. He's still tolerant of them. I think he's a he's a two-time donor, Andrew. Andrew. Thank you. Lots of facts about you. Um, Marcus Zimmer. Marcus's favorite arcade game from the 80s is Pole Position. Oh, great game. Mm-hmm. Megan Molesky, Milsecki. Uh, Megan was in love with her best male friend from high school, but it never panned out. Oh. Joe Metzger. Joe's favorite DQ Blizzard flavor is Oreo. Mitchell Burton. Mitchell bought way too much Burton snowboard gear in high school. He thought it was cool because he had the same name, but everyone else kind of thought it was lame. Oh, poor Mitchell. Sarah Burry. Sarah's third favorite band is Linkin Park. Madeline Caveri Leach. Now, Madeline apparently is married to Zach Leach. Yes. Zach was a genius at the Apple Store at the Grove when I started there. I was never a genius while he was a genius. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm sure Zach and I saw a few movies together. We hung out quite a bit. It was me, Zach, and our friend Nikki. Well, he says hello. Well, Zach, I say hello back to you. Uh, but here's a fact about your wife. Madeline is really into candle pin bowling, but is bummed out that it's very hard to find on the West Coast. That's true. Owen Marks. Uh, Owen has that genetic thing where cilantro tastes like soap. Crystal Cox. Uh, Crystal had a serious online boyfriend before internet dating was really a thing. Oh. It also never panned out. Oh. Do you think she was catfished? Um, no, I just think star-crossed lovers. Lauren Athey. Uh, Lauren thinks Hootie and the Blowfish are underrated. Louise Lyle. Uh, Louise has been a little hard to reach lately because he's been obsessed with the new Zelda game. Uh, a donation made in Tom McCoy's name. Tom is a distant descendant of the McCoys, of the Hatfield and McCoys fame. His grandfather never shut up about it. He's also uh, <laughs> a recipient of a killer shepherd's pie recipe. Ooh. Allison Dickin. Allison cannot stand the Elvis Costello song Allison. Her favorite track is actually Watching the Detectives. Good song. Linnea Thunsell, who specified that she wants us to uh-huh. use the money to start a mini golf course. Linnea says she wants us to use the money for mini golf. 
She's secretly the manufacturer of those weird ambidextrous putters that they use at many <laughs> golf courses. <laughs> Linnea is very selfish. Uh Egging. Uh, Analia had no idea what this podcast was. Someone just tried to PayPal her money that they owed her from a dinner and accidentally sent it to us. <laughs> it might be Annalie. Maybe it's Annalie. I don't know. Last name's Egging. Yeah. That's how they got to this. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Nicholas Galbraith, who is Yukari's husband. Uh, Nicholas works as a camera op for Fox Sports 1. The commute's not bad. He gets to drive west to east. Mm. Jill Spector. Jill's favorite season of the real world was Seattle. Sarah Prager. Sarah has never seen The Godfather and is afraid to admit it. Robert Cumberland. Robert once found porn in the woods, but instead of doing the right thing and telling his friends so they could all see it, he kept it a secret until now. Oh, wow. Lauren Moser. Lauren was her high school salutatorian. She lost valedictorian to her friend Amber. She still holds a grudge because Amber copied her sociology notes third quarter and wouldn't have gotten an A if she didn't. Whoa. That bitch. Mm -hmm. Sarah Gerstel. Sarah's least favorite episode of Friends is the one in the first season where they had that blackout and Chandler was trapped in the ATM with Jill Goodacre. Melody Anderson. Melody's least favorite pizza topping is fennel. She's tired of places putting fennel on fancy pizzas and just wants everyone to get over it. <laughs> Allison Patel. Allison went to Yale and dated a Whiffenpoof. It was the biggest mistake she ever made. <laughs> Cerilia Rose, who wanted you to know that she's 34. Well, Cerilia, your favorite book as a child was Judy Bloom's Super Fudge. Oh, great book. And your favorite movie is Clueless. And Amber Richardson. Amber was the valedictorian of her oh, class. Oh, my God. Thanks to Lauren. <laughs> She drove a Toyota Celica in high school. Honey, that was great. Uh-huh. Yep. You nailed it. That was that was our donor list. If you'd like a fact about you, use the donate button at dorianmatt.com. Uh, yeah, which redirects now to excellentadventure.com. Well, there you go. Yep. A lot of information out there. A lot of information. One last thing you could all do, and that's pre-order Dory's book, Start Up a Novel. Do it. And you'll get a bonus episode. Who knows what will be in the bonus episode? You're only getting a bonus episode if you're... It, this is kind of like that scene in The Dark Knight where there's two fairies of people and they're told that, like, you have to blow up the other fairy or you're going to blow up. And whoever blows up the other fairy first, and like... And so they both blow each other up? No, they don't blow... Nobody blows anybody up. Oh. And it freaks the Joker out. He's like, I thought I knew humanity. I thought oh. they would do it. But they don't do it. Hmm... And I feel like this is similar to that because everyone's like, well, someone else is going to pre-order a book, right? Someone else is going to pre-order a book. No, you have to pre-order the book. Yeah, you have to do it. Okay. All right. I think, we, I think we made our point. Great job, everybody. Yeah. See you next week. And now we're going bowling. We. Let's get a silver bullet trailer and have a baby boy. I'll safety pin this clothes all cool and you'll. Video pistol.